0: This podcast deals with mature themes that are intended for an adult audience. The information in this show could be triggering and cause distress for some viewers. If you feel in distress, please seek out help. Please take care and listen. This is The Relationship Review with Delcy Martin. Welcome back to The Relationship Review. I'm your host Delcy Martin this episode is part two of a three-part series on parenting as a team. The first episode was parenting young children as a team. This episode is parenting teenagers as a team. And our next episode, which should be released uh, hopefully soon, is going to be parenting adult children as a team. So if you haven't listened to our first episode, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to it uh, because there are concepts that will be be easily transferable between that episode and this episode. But for now, let's launch into parenting teens as a co-parent relationship. Parenting teenagers provides a whole new set of relationship challenges, because it opens up windows for conflict that may have not been open before. In fact, this effect is so significant that studies have found that during the adolescent stage, the rate of disputes between spouses are higher than any other developmental period in a child's life. And I guess a developmental period in the relationship's life too. And we're also seeing in multiple studies an overall decline in marital satisfaction. So for those of you parenting teenagers right now, if you're feeling emotional distance from your partner, this is absolutely and beyond completely normal for this parenting stage, because this stage is just so much extra. So if you're feeling this distance, not all hope is lost for your relationship, and not all hope is lost for your sanity as well. Um, Because effective co-parenting and prioritizing time for your partner can all have the effect of increasing marital satisfaction during this particularly challenging time in your lives. This episode will focus on normalizing the challenges that relationships face in raising teenagers, as well as providing helpful suggestions for ways to prioritize you and your love. There's many reasons why teenagers are particularly challenging. Discussions over discipline, respect, Privilege, friendships, risks, boundaries, these discussions may have never been had before with your partner. So it can become a surprise at how passionate your partner might be about one or more of these topics. It can also open up your own wounds from when you were parented as a teenager, wounds that you may have forgotten were there or ones that you didn't want to open up again in the first place. Tensions might also be high with the recognition that your kid will be leaving the nest soon. And internally, you're kind of evaluating their readiness for the world and at the same time evaluating if you feel like you did or didn't do enough to prepare them for the world. This might cause people to lean super hard into discipline as a last ditch effort before their kids leave home. And it's possible that your partner may not feel the same teenagers are also very challenging because they're wired genetically to be driven for independence their brain literally gets rushes of dopamine when they're around their peers and not around their parents making them driven to seek the approval and the time of their peers which can be very frustrating for us as adults because our brains don't work that way and we're so far removed from teenagehood that we've forgotten what that feels like So you see, it's actually natural for teens to want to seek out their peers right now. And it's natural for teens to have conflict with you because it moves them more toward the goal of wanting full independence from their parents, which when we look at life stage goals, our goal of raising our teenagers is to get them driven to want to leave the nest. Like... Could you imagine how hard it would be for a kid to leave home if their brains were driving them toward us and their brains telling them that they need us like they did when they were babies? My goodness, we'd never have our kids out of our basements. So why not just loose them on the world then? You could do that, and there's lots of teenagers out there that would do just fine. But for the most part, teenagers are driven for independence and having less parental control and they're driven for this faster than they develop the ability to self-regulate and to fully and completely reason. Teens struggle with the idea of balance in multiple areas of their life, balance between work and play, balance between healthy friendships and not healthy friendships, balance between conflict and um, cooperation. Balance is a concept that teens are trying to grasp and really incorporate into their brain and their existence. They also have trouble holding opposite ideas at the same time. So what that means is that it can be very challenging for them to hold the idea that they're angry at us for putting a boundary in place while still holding that love for us, which kind of tempers that anger reaction. That can be challenging for some teenagers. They still need us, but it can be a challenge to figure out just how much they need us. Conflict is actually quite needed in the teen-parent dynamic because there has to be a process to renegotiate the parent's authority and the teen's growing need for autonomy. There are thoughts by many researchers out there that conflict actually helps realign the parent-adolescent relationship away from being entirely power over where the adult holds complete power over the child towards something that's more horizontal and equal or egalitarian in nature. So although conflicts between parents and children become more frequent and more intense during adolescence, these conflicts are also thought to be a means to renegotiate relational changes. An interesting fact is that parents tend to perceive these conflicts as social conventional issues. So for example, cleaning your room Parents tend to see it as an agreement made in the family where everybody has to do household chores. But adolescents perceive them as a personal issue. So, for example, with the room cleaning, whether you clean your room is something you can decide for yourself because your room is your private space, which is really neat because literally their brains are approaching the same issue from two different standpoints. So you could totally see how there'd be conflict. So if you're having trouble getting through to your teen, a way that can help you is first, above all, creating connection with your teen by validating how they must be seeing something or a problem that you could be overcoming. And... Being transparent about working together as a family team against the problem at hand. So maybe the problem at hand is the chores, um, stressing with them that, hey, we're working together as a family team against this problem that is the chore. Yes, your room is the private space, but the home is the domain of everybody. Conflict is inevitable, but it's how you approach the conversation during conflict that's the key. When parents and adolescents can move freely between positive and negative emotions and freely express both of these kinds of emotions during a conflict, we're creating an environment in which negative emotions are accepted and positive emotions are accepted and both are understood. Beginning by reflecting the teen's viewpoint back to them. So, You're saying that you want to go out to this party because all of your friends are there and you don't want to miss out. Then, validating their emotions. You know, I would really want to go out to the party too if I felt that I would miss out. Then, stating your position. But being out all night at the party would make dad and I very worried about you and you have a dance class in the morning so you're gonna risk being tired. And finally, bringing them in to help you solve the problem. It's not you against them. It's you and your teen against the problem of how they're going to get their social needs met while still balancing their obligations. So what this sounds like now, how can we work together to help you feel like you're not missing out while still making sure that you aren't tired for dance and dad and I aren't worried? So here's what this whole thing looks like from the start. So, you're saying that you wanna go to this party because all of your friends are there and you don't wanna miss out. Well, yeah, I would really wanna go to the party too if I felt I would miss out. But being out all night at the party would make Dad and I very worried for you, and you have a dance class in the morning, so you're gonna risk being very tired. So how can we work together as a family and help you feel like you're not missing out while still making sure that you aren't tired for dance and that dad and I aren't worried? Yeah, this approach seems easy on paper, but of course it's not gonna be that smooth in real life. But the point I wanna make is that it takes an intentional conversation with your partner before disagreements take place to agree on what approach that you'll take in an argument like this. Um, the great news is that studies have shown that adolescents and parents with a history of sensitive responsive interactions and with high quality relationships in childhood they tend to experience just temporary and minor relational difficulties during teenagehood rest those in relationships of lower quality tend to experience more severe relational difficulties so if you have a kid who's not quite a teenager yet or even um, a, young, a young kid uh, between the ages of, you know, I don't know, six and 12, um, you have a real ability here that if you start to develop an emotionally affirming and open relationship with them now, that this is going to bleed into teenagehood and make these years that are prone to conflict a little bit easier to tolerate. Always remember that in the game that is parenting, you and your partner are not competitors against one another. You're a team that's taking on the challenge of the teen. It's not about one person being a more effective parent than the other. It's about both of you coming to the table with unique skills that make the entire team strong. Not all members of a football team have the same strengths but it's their unique strengths put together in the same place, focused on the same goal, that makes it a winning football team. Get me? Every person has weaknesses and every person has strengths. You can't expect yourself or your partner to only have strengths. Sometimes your weaknesses are actually a point that your partner can pick up from and show their strengths in parenting and vice versa. So you're going to have your weaknesses and your partner can use their strengths to pick up where you've left off. They're going to have their weaknesses and you use your strengths to pick up where they've left off. Open conversations with your partner at a quiet time about what boundaries are appropriate for your teen, what consequences for not following boundaries look like, and what privileges are granted for following boundaries is absolutely essential. Both people need to be on the same page and approach parenting consistently. Don't put your partner down in front of your teen. Yeah, your partner makes mistakes, but if you put your partner down in front of your teenager, it sends mixed messages. If a conflict with your partner seems extra intense, maybe your partner is triggered by a memory of when they were a teenager and how they were parented. So I'd invite you to have a conversation with your partner about what their adolescence was like. What was it like for them to be parented as a teenager? What values did their parents try to instill in them? Were they given a voice? Or were they scared to show up as their true selves? Then, during this conversation, trade places, and then you share This conversation can bring incredible emotional closeness and can bring a lot of clarity as to why your partner may be holding strongly to a parenting boundary that you don't think requires that to be that strongly held to. Ask yourselves, what aspects of your parents' parenting style are you actively bringing into your relationship What aspects are you actively trying to avoid? And what aspects are you unknowingly or unwantingly bringing into your parenting journey? These quiet and curious conversations with your partner are absolute key in understanding their parenting style and key in developing your own unique style. If you're a parent of a preteen, Have these conversations about your parenting style right now and the challenges that you could face with your kiddo. Getting ahead of the game might help with the shock of things when the time comes, so it makes that conversation during the moment less of a surprise to have. You have to be able to feel comfortable giving feedback to your partner on their parenting style, as well as feel comfortable receiving and seeking feedback on your parenting style. Neither of you have any sweet clue what you're doing, and that's okay. Even if you've parented a teen before, this is your first time parenting this particular teen, so no two experiences will be the same, and no two experiences, perfect or imperfect. Checking in with one another can be really helpful. For example, asking your partner, was I too harsh there? And providing feedback gently kindly and without judgment because no one is perfect absolutely no one providing feedback to your partner in this way can build an amazing emotional closeness forgiveness is going to be your biggest tool for managing this stage forgiveness for your teen for them being teenagers and their brains developing the way they are forgiveness for your partner for not being perfect and forgiveness for yourself for imperfection. Don't be afraid to celebrate big teen milestones together. That first date, prom, first lead role in a musical, those sort of things, these are a big deal because they represent the hard work that you as parents have put in to raising this once tiny human into their current large human state and large successful human state. So celebrate these milestones as a couple as hard as your teen celebrates the milestones. Your teen is watching your relationship very closely, whether you think they are or not. They are learning how they should treat their future partners in their relationship, and at the same time, learning how they should allow themselves to be treated in future relationships. So... Chances are likely that if you look at your partner and you say to yourself, well, I wouldn't want my kid to end up with somebody like my partner, if that's something that resonates with you, you might want to have a look at your current relationship because your kids are absolutely learning from yours. If you can't treat your partner respectfully in front of your teenager, then how can you expect them to demand respect in their own intimate relationships? Criticizing your partner in front of your teen not only earns their disrespect of your partner, but it also earns the disrespect of your teenager. When children enter a relationship, your relationship actually matters more, not less. Don't abandon your romantic relationship entirely to be at the whim of your child, or your teenager in this case. They need to learn that your core relationship is equally as important as they are, and that valuing your romantic relationship is normal. This will teach them the importance of valuing and working on romance in their own relationships. They need happy and connected parents. Not parents who are giving so much of themselves that they're disconnected and living in parallel with one another. Your kids are going to be leaving home soon. So very soon, all you're going to have left is you and your partner. And if you've let that relationship go, it can be a very strange and uncomfortable feeling when you're suddenly alone together for the first time in years. Setting an intention with your partner to do small things to maintain the strength of your core relationship can actually make a world of difference in your ability to manage the chaos that is teenagers. Maybe this is a once a week date night. Maybe it's a period of time in the evenings that's reserved for just the two of you to chat. The most effective kind of date that you can plan that targets both emotional closeness and play energy that you need for sexual closeness is a non-intimate play date. So here's what this is. Our play energy is our Eros energy. Play energy as kids can feel like that internal feeling of excitement that we got when we chased our friends or played pretend. As an adult, play energy feels much the same, but the activities that we do to stoke that energy are obviously not childhood activities. The biggest thing to remember when planning your play date with your partner is that whatever activity you choose cannot be passive. Examples of passive activities are watching movies or having dinner without engaging in conversation. Engaging in conversation is fantastic for building emotional closeness, but can be hard for some people to manage long term. Active playful activities as an adult might look like uh, a board game or a cards night or playing mini golf or laser tag, that sort of thing. You could even plan a non-intimate massage night where one of you is the receiver of pleasure and then you switch off with one of you being the giver of pleasure. It's just important with this hands-on play date that you set your boundaries ahead of time if there's going to be an expectation of things going sexual. There are many benefits of parenting these amazing young adults. One of the big ones is that you aren't physically needed as much. And deep down, teens want to connect with you on a deep and meaningful level, not just meeting their basic needs, although that's important as well. If you're fostering creating a connection with your teen before all other things, you're setting yourself and your, team, your teen up for success. And your parenting team up for success. The fact that you aren't physically needed as much also sets you and your partner up for success because it gives you time to rediscover yourself as individuals and as a couple. Prioritizing emotional connection with your partner and your teen is the biggest gift that you can give those ones that you love most and the biggest gift that you can give yourself. Thank you very much for listening today. Um, I hope you learned something from the episode. Next time we'll be parenting adult children as a team And then I'm taking a brief break for a while because I want to evaluate where I'd like to go with this podcast. And I'd really love your feedback. So if you have input and feedback on my podcast, you can email me at D-M-A-R-T-I-N at ca. W E L L N E S S C L I N I C B R A N D O N C A Um, I'm either looking at developing a whole new podcast or revamping this podcast to make it look different, but I'm not sure in what way that's going to look yet. So if you have any ideas of what you'd like to see from this podcast or ways this podcast could develop into something that lots of people want to listen to, I'd really appreciate it. So again, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for being on this journey. Thank you for being in my brave space. I'm very grateful to you and take good care.